Sims, you're now tuned in to another opinionated episode of the Second Opinion Podcast, covering every topic in the world of gaming that we can think of. Gaming is our passion, and podcasting is our profession. Celeb and Bolts podcasting since 2011. The Second Opinion Podcast starts now. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Second Opinion Podcast, episode number 328. This is the first time I've done something like this in a bit, but today we are joined by a special guest, Mr. Matt Maliaris from Cinelinks.com. What's up, Matt? What's going on, Caleb? Thank Nothing, you so man. much for having me. I'm really excited to be on the show. Yeah, you know, it's it's been a while since we've done any type of like, you know, content together and stuff since, you know, you live in uh, Korea. Yes, I live. So. I live halfway across the world. But yeah, it's it's been it's been really long. I've actually I've missed being able to to do stuff with you. I've been missing talking to you, doing the yeah. show. So, yeah, I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, well, we're we're happy to have you here. Uh, Bolts is not on this episode, everybody. What? Um, our, I know our schedules just didn't match oh. up, um, but he will be back next week. And I think here and there, I'm going to kind of alternate it. I'll have, uh, you know, bolts on as, as normal. And then uh, I'd like to get Matt back on as well. Um, Absolutely. And uh, really kind of get our, get our flow going back again. Um, we got some really cool stuff to talk about today, but we also have some really cool stuff planned out eventually for Cinelinks.com. So definitely make sure to check us out over at Cinelinks.com for some of the latest and greatest geek news, movie news, and gaming news. Great content and great content creators. Um, and uh, I'm very excited um, for this episode. I'm excited to have Matt on, and I'm excited to get back to podcasting. It's been a couple of weeks since we've had an episode up. But as I always say at the beginning of our show, what have you been? Uh, well, I usually say, what have you been drinking? What have you been gaming? But Caleb has not been drinking anything in a while, so we're going <laughs> to change it up to the old school uh, format of uh, how's life been treating you and what have you been gaming, Matt? Well, uh, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be an appearance on the Second Opinion podcast if I didn't say what I've been drinking. Been <laughs> That's gaming. true. Um, so I'll say, I mean, right now, as we're recording, this, it's like 9 a.m. So obviously I'm not drinking alcohol yet, uh, <laughs> but uh, I have been drinking uh, Hogarden, which is a nice uh, Belgium wheat beer. That's been okay. a nice one. Uh, so that's that's one of the things. But right now, currently, I'm drinking a jasmine green tea. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that is that is currently my drink of Pretty choice style. for for the morning. Uh, no sugar too. So yeah. you know, all healthy and such. Um, but as for what I've been gaming, um, I actually spent quite a lot of time on Ratchet and Clank. Uh, and I am so proud and so happy to say that that is my second platinum of all time. Yeah, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. That's a, that's a good game to get a platinum on, of course. Um, but I got to add to what Matt has said. Uh, I haven't really been gaming a ton. Um, well, I haven't, I haven't been drinking a ton. Let's say that I actually have not had, um, I haven't had alcohol in about three months. Oh my gosh. Um, and because of that, your boy Caleb has lost 49 pounds. 
Hey, so, congrats. Yeah. I know. I'm pretty excited. So hopefully well done, sir. Uh, I told the doctor, I was like, if I would have known this, I would have stopped drinking a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> right. I didn't think I was oh drinking that gosh. much, but he uh but he told me he's like, you know, that's a big weight loss thing when somebody goes from drinking uh a certain amount to to not drinking it's really easy to drop weight and i was like oh okay cool so 49 oh, man, pounds I'm, I'm proud of you that's well, awesome you dude much, that's so man. cool i appreciate it but you know life has just been busy um i'm doing all kinds of stuff uh left and right um and as usual i gotta give a shout out to my uh my homie and my artist that's just does such amazing work for me tiff toxic uh, the um, backbone of the one and only Captain Redbeard did some amazing avatars for me soon. And uh, I'm going to really, really try to start focusing out and uh, getting some uh, pre-game release content out for you guys. I got some avatars done recently for Battlefield 2042, Dying Light, um, also the possible uh, World War II Vanguard Call of Duty and of course halo so um hopefully i'm gonna have some good content for you guys over on Cinelinks and on second opinions youtube page but gaming wise i've been playing ratchet and clank i beat it oh, nice. and i loved it it was i mean unbelievable um oh it's and, ridiculous it's yeah. literally like you're playing a pixar game it's so crazy there's so many times in the game that i was just like i was playing and just had to like pause and you know, take pictures or just kind of look around the world and just be like, what is this game? It's so crazy to think that Insomniac not only made this game probably one of my favorite PlayStation games in a long time, but one of the best visual mm -hmm. um, representations of what the PlayStation 5 can do. And also they made this game somewhere around the same time that they were making Spider-Man. Yeah. So like, man, workhorse company right there <laughs> it is incredible yeah because they they came up with this game all the while they were doing marvel spider-man and then they came out with miles morales and now they have ratchet and clank it yeah that, that's like the one studio that's just been killing it lately and it's made the purchase of it seem so rewarding it's oh, yeah. it's awesome exceptional stuff from them yeah, definitely agree with you on that. And uh, another thing I have uh, been playing recently is the newest update to Call of Duty, which I'm going to get a little bit more in depth on and how I feel about Call of Duty Cold War Season 4 Reloaded whenever we talk about it in the topics. But let's just say uh, the last two days, I've stayed up until almost 3 o'clock in the morning playing it, so I'm definitely Jeez. having a lot of fun with it. So No wonder you're tired. My I know, goodness. right? Yeah. It's hard It's hard to get off that zombie uh, feeling. So. <laughs> you do love zombies, though. That's I, true. I, dude, I, I remember scratch well, that itch. I remember a while ago you uh you were like doing some streams with zombies and me personally I had never really gotten into Call of Duty or even really zombies in general as far yeah. as uh, that game mode was concerned but I remember watching you do it and I think it was in like I don't even know maybe it was like old school 1920s type or, or something Yeah that some was type um of... that was uh Black Ops 4 it was the, Oh okay yeah it was so the 1920s I was themed yeah i was watching you play it and i was like oh man this is this is really fun and like yeah. you were having a blast you were just getting every single weapon you could to try <laughs> to like knock out all these zombies and it was man it was a blast to watch yeah it, it's a really fun game mode and i always tell most people like if you're not a big call of duty fan at all if you are at least 
like a horror fan and you like, uh, you know, first person shooters, definitely give uh, Call of Duty for not just a story mode, but for the zombie mode a go. Um, and I will always say this, and people can disagree with me as much as they want, especially Mr. Elvin Calhoun that we talk about on the podcast all the time. Call of Duty World War II will go down as one of my favorite Call of Duties because the fact that the minds, the sick minds behind Dead Space created the zombie mode in that game. And it like Sledgehammer Games did such an amazing job of bringing such a horror aspect to that game. So um, I will say that I have to say that uh, Treyarch and Activision definitely kind of honed some of that feel in the zombie mode. But we'll talk about that a little bit more in depth a little later on in the show. I, but, I would like to, to mention yeah, one thing, sorry, about that Call of Duty thing. Yeah. I think Call of Duty World War II was a really good game. I think the only problem is, is that it came at like the worst timing ever because oh, it yeah. came right after uh, like what, Modern Warfare, I think. Yeah. And so everybody was all excited. It was very like interesting, visually appealing to just go up, run against the wall and blast people with all these new and interesting tech. And then it was like, okay, now let's just take people like a hundred years in the past <laughs> and now like throw them back onto boots on the ground yeah. and just see what happens. It, I think it was just at that point, I think World War II gets a bad rap because the shift was just so jarring. Well, I think what it was too is the fact that um, there was a split in the Call of Duty there was a really big split in the Call of Duty, um, I guess, fan base at that time. So yeah. there was all these huge fans of the latest Black Ops game. And, you know, they really just loved it. And, but there was this other huge, um, other huge section of the fan base that didn't love it. And I have to say, I was one of those fans. So when, when Call of Duty Black Ops, I think Black Ops 3 released mm -hmm. um no i'm sorry it was infinite warfare um, ah that's so the one infinite that's the one yeah so infinite warfare came out and it had jetpacks and all this other stuff it was crazy yeah. so um a lot of people had that split and they were really upset uh that because the multiplayer was to me almost unplayable there were so many people that were playing uh not even on a constant basis but like pc hackers and all this stuff mm -hmm. that would give their jets like infinite boost and all this. I mean, it was ridiculous. So when they announced the next Call of Duty um, that uh, it was going to be Modern Warfare uh, and it was going to be boots on the ground and all this other stuff, you know, everybody was, I was stoked. Uh, I mean, stoked. Uh, and I mean, World War II, not Modern Warfare. I was super stoked. I was very, very excited. And I still think to this day, World War II was one of the best Call of Duties to come out in a long time. When you look at the grand scope of things, how... The updates um, were consistent. Most of them were all free to players. And then you had the ability of very easily customizing your character by doing very easy challenges in the game. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, it was just a, it was just an overall great game. But I think it was more or less the fact that they wanted to get back to the basis of Call of Duty because they went so grand scope. You know what I went? You know what I'm saying? It was like so in the future. Well, they were so they were starting to feel more like Titanfall and yeah. like a mix between Titanfall and Halo around that time. Yeah, I totally agree. And um, that's why I'm hoping and praying that in the next month or so, we're going to get the official announcement that Call of Duty World War II Vanguard is going to come out because from what the rumors are saying, it is supposed to be based 
mainly by the development team of Sledgehammer Games. And I think it's a follow-up to World War II. So if it is, and I get another amazing World War II zombie mode, I am so down. I'm so, Ooh, so down. Fingers so, crossed. I know, right? But anyways, we're going to jump right into uh, the top gaming news. And uh, we got some really awesome stuff to talk about. So first up, QuakeCon at Home is back for 2021. QuakeCon organizers are opting for another virtual at home QuakeCon this year with QuakeCon at Home 2021. The, the showcase will start off August 19th through August 21st. And the online showcase is set to kick off at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Fans of the BYOC event are, uh, at the in-person show will have the chance to sign up for the QuakeCon official Twitter or Twitch team to play and share uh, to raise money for the QuakeCon supported charities. Annual uh, Animal Charity is back as well. And they have such a really cool aspect with these shirts. Um, these shirts, if you buy them, all the funds go directly to uh, Dallas Pets Alive and Four Paws. And what's really cool is that they always theme these shirts around animals, but they also like merge them with their games. So there's one shirt that's called Cat Loop, and then there's another shirt that's called Pugcubus. <laughs> and it's a pug that is a mancubus. And then <laughs> Cat Loop, of course, is themed around Death Loop. So um, it's going to be really, really awesome this year. Um, and a lot of people have been kind of weary since xbox has purchased bethesda and bethesda is you know the um you know sole runners of QuakeCon. um but QuakeCon is something near and dear to not just my heart but of course matt's heart as well so uh what do you think about QuakeCon 2021 at home do you think we're gonna see some cool announcements or are you just ready to you know head back to the states and go to the QuakeCon with me i'm sure that's probably <laughs> what your answer is maybe not this year but yeah. let's let's uh let's gear toward next year <laughs> but uh yeah no i i love the fact that that bethesda is doing QuakeCon. that is their signature convention yeah. i mean you couldn't have a, a summer without it really yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm happy that they're doing it again. Uh, the virtual at home show. I love that because I don't think we're, I, despite the fact what a lot of people say, I don't think we're at that point where I think conventions are, are a great idea yet. So I think it's, it's good that they're allowing everyone to be in on it, yeah. um, and to get in on the fun with the at home show. Uh, I, I don't know about like big announcements like i think one of the biggest ones that you and i ever experienced was whenever uh like doom eternal yeah. whenever that was coming out um yeah. i think that was like the one time where i feel like they really announced a whole lot uh at a QuakeCon, but typically uh, traditionally they don't yeah. um they do most of their announcements and everything during like the e3 season mm -hmm. uh, but i think this one i i could see them maybe giving some updates on like you know death loop but I, I don't really foresee them doing a whole lot else. Um, but I, gosh, I love these phone. I love these, uh, these shirts though. Like <laughs> right? Oh my God. I, <laughs> that's the one I was staring at and like, should I, should I buy it? Yeah. <laughs> so, well, yeah, you know, most one... of the times I'm like, I'm a big, you know, I'm a big QuakeCon guy. I've been going to QuakeCon. I've gone to 10 of them so far and I've, I just love everything about QuakeCon. It's such a big family thing or whatever else. But mm -hmm. of course, one of the biggest things is getting that, you know, QuakeCon merch. And of course, you know, 
the the shirts and stuff are really cool but i miss i miss going to the events because of you know the mugs that you can get and the oh yeah being able to go and get a whole case of balls and drink it <laughs> while you're playing games and eating pizza it's just there's nothing better than a than a QuakeCon uh BYOC party so uh, oh, dude, and that BO, dude, that BYOC party is insane. I'm telling like, you, those man. guys do it right. And I love, I just love walking through the BYOC, that very cold, dark room. Yeah. And just being greeted by all the interesting and vivid lights oh, yeah. from all the systems and all the PCs that people have brought. And just walking around and witnessing what people have spent all of their time and all of their money to build and showcase at the event with their towers and, and everything out, their whole rig. I love it. Um, I also love the the crazy stuff, the crazy like uh, shrines that people will put out at the end of like the, the rows. Like I remember uh, one year when it was Harambe uh, <laughs> yeah. and they had a giant <laughs> like cardboard cutout of a gorilla and <laughs> below it were just the most random tributes to Harambe. Yeah. Like, yes, of course you had some bananas, but you also had like pop tarts. You had like a half eaten burrito. You had like <laughs> just like, all these ridiculous crazy things and yeah. I, I think someone also had a beer someone had poured out a beer for them yeah and unfortunately there were people having to clean that up but yeah. it, was, it was absolutely insane and, and that's one of the the, the charms of QuakeCon that really I, I love yeah i gotta agree with you and kind of like what you said going through the byoc and you know even when you walk through the byoc and you're just kind of looking around and you run into pete hines sitting in the byoc oh, sure. playing with his son playing with the people that are around him you know that shows the type of company that bethesda is you know they're all about the fans because they are the fans you know mm -hmm. they are gamers they love playing video games they love doing the stuff they do and you know pete even goes into the board game area and plays you know dungeons and dragons and cards and all this other stuff so um it's just a great event and I can't wait until it's back in in uh, in um, full swing, but I think this is definitely a really good substitute of being able to. They have the QuakeCon sales, they have all this different mm -hmm. stuff. There's a lot of people that do those, you know, live Twitch parties for QuakeCon. So maybe this year we'll be able to sit down and do a uh, do a live stream of some Bethesda games to celebrate QuakeCon coming back. So that would be sick. I'd definitely tune in for that. Yeah, um, for sure. And one note on a media note, as far as uh, QuakeCon's concerned, yes. um, Pete Hines, bro, that dude is so gracious with his time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he'll he'll definitely just sit with you. All the developers that are there, they'll just sit with you, talk whatever you want to talk about. They'll you know they'll they'll have a blast with you. Whatever you want to do, uh, the people that always work there that um, that try to make the show run, they're so accommodating, so nice. Uh, the whole thing, the whole experience. I I personally think QuakeCon is like low key one of the top conventions in oh, yeah. like all of the circuit. Yeah, no question. I, I totally agree with you. It, and I've always told so many people, like, if you get a chance to go, you have to go. I mean, it's always yeah. free. Um, there is, you know, different pay options to where you can get, you know, QuakeCon merch and whatever else, or you can buy your seats to where they're, you know, VIP seating and, and whatever. And it's really, really cool. But um, definitely make sure to check out uh, twitch.tv forward slash Cinelinks. 
sometime around August uh, 19th or so to celebrate the coming of QuakeCon 2021 at home. So um, I am having a little bit of an issue loading the Cinelink site right now. So that's why I was kind of like hesitant to pause. We've been kind of going through some updates. Um, but Matt, we haven't had a chance to really talk about uh, the Nintendo Switch um, OLED model, uh, of course, because we have uh, we haven't been podcasting together in a long time. Right. But uh, as well as that, as we haven't really um, b- done an episode in a bit. So, how about you tell me why you're so excited about this Nintendo Switch? OLED model and the fact that these pre I think the pre-orders are already live now, right? Yeah, yeah, they're already live now and immediately they they sold out. Like uh that was that was kind of the surprising thing because when the Nintendo Switch OLED model was announced, uh, a lot of people were just really not into it and it all, a lot of it had to do with the fact that the biggest changes were the screen and the fact that there was a wired LAN port and yeah, yeah 64 <laughs> gigs of, of storage. Yeah. But overall, like the bones of it were exactly the same. There was yeah. nothing changed in terms of processing power. There was nothing that really, um, all of the issues that people had with their Nintendo Switch was not addressed. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, the graphics card, everything, uh, it was just the exact same switch, just bigger. And yeah. I think everybody had their expectations really high for quite some time that Nintendo would come out with a new Switch model that would be what they dubbed the Switch Pro, mm-hmm. which would be, you know, something capable of running like 4K and, uh, you know, have just this amazing system that would be incredibly fast and be be like Nintendo's next uh, next gen console, essentially. But in essence, they came out with the OLED model and everybody was just, you know, not into it. But of course, whenever pre-orders start, pre-orders are completely sold out. So yeah. where's the fact? Who knows? Um, but anyway, uh, so I'm, I personally am excited for the OLED model just because, first of all, the color scheme on it is sick. That is a beautiful oh, yeah. looking uh, Nintendo Switch. Also, I, I do love the screen. I'm personally one of those type of people that uses the handheld function primarily. Mm-hmm. So having that OLED screen and having it be quite large um, for other people to play or just for me to experience by myself is is really exciting. Also, the um, 64 gigs of internal storage is really cool to me because for like a long time, we've been dealing with half of that. Um, and I'm not one of those people that went out and bought a micro SD card. Instead, I've just been deleting games whenever <laughs> they couldn't fit. Like, yeah. I remember when Skyrim came out for Nintendo Switch and I got a copy of it. I was so excited to play it and I couldn't even download it because it was just <laughs> way too big. So having this 64 gigs of storage is really exciting because now you can you can actually fit games like Skyrim or Doom and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I think those are the biggest things that I like. It says that there is also improved audio, a wide adjustable stand. And yeah, you get that wired LAN port, which is good because, you know, there's a lot of times where you do lose connection and it is really <laughs> annoying. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's cool. I don't think it is 
worth per se the $350 price tag, mm -hmm. but I do think it's a really nice model that I, I say that I personally want to buy it, but like, I, I also don't want to buy it for $350. Yeah. I got to agree with you on that. Um, you know, I, uh, I bought two switches, two Nintendo switch lights, uh, at the beginning, right. When they came out or around the time they came out, um, especially when, uh, cause I was like, you know, COVID was rampant. Everything was crazy. So whenever they became more available, um, I, I got one for me and Dara and I have to say, I've all, I don't know why I've always done this, but with Xboxes and Playstations, I've always usually kept, but Nintendo switches, when I get burned out on them, I get burned out on them. So I end up just selling them. So that's why I was like, if I buy two and I end up deciding to get rid of my switch, then I know Dara, the way she plays, she'll you know eventually get to the point to where it just sits there and gathers dust and then i'll still have a switch at the house so i can play some of the games that are coming out and available so i got the switch light and i was like it's perfect you know it honestly it's a it's a perfect system for what it is uh handheld constantly it's a it's a great great system um and i had a launch nintendo switch and i thought that was great as well being able to play you know, Zelda Breath of the Wild uh, on a 65 inch TV was just great. Um, but I have to agree with Matt that this is not what I can't say this is not what um, I wanted because I, I can't say that I plan on buying another Switch until or an, another Nintendo product until I want to see like massive updates. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I'm, I'm not the biggest guy that's always like, it's got to be graphically super powered. But now the fact that that technology is there and I see some of the games that are out there and available, just knowing the capabilities that Nintendo's ha Nintendo has, they could make some of the most gorgeous, beautiful 4K 60 frames per second. Uh, I mean, unbelievable games that we've ever seen. And it's just not on their plate. It's not something that they're worried about. You know what I'm no, saying? No, and that's so, that's usual Nintendo, though. Isn't yeah, it? exactly. Like every single time that the 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 industry is going in a certain direction, Nintendo decides that they want to veer off and go their own path. Uh, and I think the Nintendo Switch OLED model is the perfect representation of that. Yeah. You know, they're everyone else is going to SSD. They're doing this and that um, as far as graphics and internal storage are concerned, but they're just going to an OLED screen. Yeah. And I think also another point that makes this not worth the $350 price tag is the fact that it costs like, I think just the manufacturing cost of it. I think I read somewhere that said it was maybe only like $5 more. Yeah, And so if it's only $5 more just to manufacture this new Switch, but you're marking up the price by like 100, 150 bucks, yeah. like that's, that's a lot, man. That's, yeah. a, that's a hard pill to swallow. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a big, uh, it's a, it's a big pill to swallow really when you think about it, because this is what I, I had said previously on one of the last episodes that if the Nintendo Switch Pro was coming out then this was going to be a home run for nintendo mm -hmm. the fact of having a a bigger screen and yeah. 4k capability and all this other stuff it was going to be huge but the fact that they decided to go with the led screen uh oled screen uh improved audio and like a, a kickstand at 350 dollars 
when you look, look at the market that is available now, um, even though we are still in this weird time of scalpers coming in and doing what they're doing, you can get other competitive consoles if you're wanting that 4K you know, experience for the same price. You know, you can get an Xbox Series S for $299 or $399 coming with an extra game. And, you know, they have some of these bundles that I saw actually earlier. They have one, I think it's Sam's Club to where it comes with um, a Nyko charger headset and a Nyko controller as well as the bundled already controller for like 349 bucks. And you can... You can get a console that's 500 gigabytes worth of storage, 4K capabilities, you know, something like with Xbox has has Xbox Game Pass. And, you know, you pay that little bit of extra, you know, and you're already invested into something that you know is going to be just an unbelievable experience. But to shovel out another $350 for something that you pretty much already have that has a little bit of a larger screen, you know, I wouldn't go and buy a Samsung Galaxy S22 that had a, a an 8-inch screen instead of a 7-inch screen and it had the exact same capabilities of my last phone. You know what I'm saying? So Oh yeah, what 100% agree. Yeah, so why would I go out and spend the extra $350 when I already have an Nintendo Switch at my house? So um you know, and that's not to knock them. That's not to knock them. It, it's proof in the pudding the way Nintendo is. We can think however we want about the Nintendo Switch and whatever, but their fan base is their fan base. Yes. That console is already sold out. When it launches, it is going to be one of the hottest things to buy. And the Nintendo Switch is going to just keep on going and keep on going as one of the, the top-selling game consoles out there. Um, well, what but, I hope this you know, is, go ahead. is I hope that if this is a launch pad. I hope that the OLED model is a launch pad for the Nintendo Switch and yeah. that they're showing off like, look, we have this brand new screen. We have all these other capabilities. And then behind the scenes, they're working on even more improvements, even more upgrades to it to where they'll come out and they'll announce the uh, Nintendo Switch I don't know, Pro. Let's just call yeah. it the Pro because that's what everybody else is calling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, just call it the Nintendo Switch Pro and then they release it. Now, granted, let's say because this OLED model is $350, I assume then that Switch Pro model will be $400. <laughs> I don't yeah. know at this point. Yeah. But um, I that's what I hope. I hope that this is just a launch pad to that. But yeah. if it is, then it feels like the OLED model is just not worth it. Yeah, I totally agree. And and kind of like what you were saying about like price point and whatever else, I wouldn't mind paying $499 for a Nintendo Switch that had 4K capability. Oh, sure. You know, yeah. And if it had the capacity as well, like I would like to see a Nintendo Switch launch with a 250 gigabyte internal storage. Sure. You know what for I'm real? saying? No <laughs> but we will never see that. <laughs> we're not even asking for a terabyte. Yeah. Just I give know, me 250. Right? 250 gigabytes, please. <laughs> I just want to play anything. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to have to pick and choose. I'm tired of deleting stuff off my system. Jeez. Yes. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, we're indifferent about it. I mean, we we I think me and Matt can both agree that we think that the system looks gorgeous. You know, it's, it's going to be a great system, but it's just not what, not what we, or pretty much most of the fan base was really thinking was going to come out. So no. And, and I just, I, I always go back to who is this for? 
because you yeah, have the Nintendo real. Switch Lite, and that Nintendo Switch Lite is, I guess, more of their uh, not bargain per se because it's you know bargain has such a weird connotation to it but it's their lower priced version of it it doesn't have the detachable joy cons all that stuff but it's it's a model for those of people that want to get into it or they just don't want to spend as much money for a nintendo and the nintendo switch which is fine yeah. but then you have the current model of the N nintendo switch i cannot say nintendo <laughs> switch uh but you have the current model of it and it's just not like it's it's perfectly fine. It's good. I mean, it's what the highest selling console of the last few years. I mean, I know last year it became like the highest selling uh, switch or yes. the highest selling console. So this new OLED model just doesn't seem like it's for anyone more than just Nintendo to pad their bottom line. Yeah, I totally agree, man. But moving on from that, talking about disappointments with, uh, you know, us as fans. Uh, Ghostwire Tokyo has been officially delayed to 2022. A statement from Tango Gameworks says, we want to get the game in your hands as soon as possible so you can experience the unforgettable version of a haunted Tokyo that we've been hard at work on. It says, at the same time, we're also focusing on protecting the health of everyone at Tango. Our new release window will give us time to bring the world of Ghostwire to life as we've always envisioned it to. So it has been officially delayed to early 2022. Now, Ghostwire Tokyo is a timed exclusive on the PlayStation 5 and PC. Um, and Matt, um, I think we can all agree on saying, um, I think we can all agree on saying that the game in general is just going to be a fantastic game. So one second, hang on real quick. Amara, daddy's recording a podcast, remember? <laughs> I know, but listen, just like I said, and this is something I usually have to cut out. I'm in, hey, you got to go in there with mama because daddy's in here recording right now. I know, baby. Anyways, I so. Uh, <laughs> okay, Mara, you got to go back in there with mama. I'll be in there in just a couple minutes. Shut the door for me, okay? Um, anyway, so with that being said, sorry about that. <laughs> it's fine. Um, All good, man. It, it, it's This game is going to be fantastic. It's going to have an unbelievable art style. It's going to have unbelievable gameplay. Um, and I'm very excited to see what this game is really all about. Because um, we've seen, you know, some gameplay trailers and stuff like that. But we really still don't know the grander concept of what this game's story is going to entail so matt are you a little disappointed to see this game kind of get pushed back to 2022 it's it's weird because with this game i mean with with a delay I'm, I'm usually fine with it in general just because i i want the developers to take as much time as they need to yeah. whenever they're creating games and i think the the whole crunch culture is horrible yeah. and if there's any way that they can um not do crunch and if it takes means that it takes a long time for the game to come out that's perfectly fine mm -hmm. uh but in terms of ghostwire tokyo i i don't think i've seen enough to really even feel any which way about it I because i keep going back to this game and i keep asking myself why should i be excited <laughs> what have i really seen that tells me that i need to be excited that i need to play this game outside of e3 a couple of years ago whenever they just showed like a cinematic trailer so yeah. 
I I personally, it's it's not one of those that's really high up on my list. It's one that I'm extremely intrigued by. Yeah. But it's not one that I have seen enough to really be disappointed for. Yeah. That it's being delayed. Well, I've seen I've seen I think I've seen enough to really pique my interest. Sure. Um, because of you know what we saw at E3, some of the gameplay videos and stuff that sh- that have um, that have been showcased. Um, and to be honest and to be frank, I'm just a Bethesda fanboy. So any studio <laughs> that is attached to Bethesda, I'm like, all right, it's a Bethesda game. It's over. Game of the year. <laughs> Always. Or in the, Always. In the old school celeb style, this is the best game that I've ever played. So uh, <laughs> um, every game is the every, best. Game. Every game is the best game. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm, Disappointed to see it get pushed back because I I was really excited to play it this year, but I mean early 2022, uh, and the fact that we are getting um, you know a death loop this year, I think I'll be okay waiting. So yeah, and Bethesda, they're I think it's good for Bethesda too because yeah. I don't think everybody needs to be that insomniac model where mm-hmm. everything needs to come out in the same year. Yeah. I think having a consistent release every single year is something that's really good for a publisher like Bethesda. Yeah. Um, or I guess now I should say an Xbox game studio like yeah. Bethesda. <laughs> uh, right. Like what, last year was Doom Eternal. This year is going to be Deathloop. Next yep. year will be Ghostwire Tokyo and then whatever else that they ultimately come out with. Maybe it's Redfall, I don't know. Yeah. But um, Which looks I would amazing. say that it does. It does actually <laughs> look really good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah i mean it what makes me intrigued by it too is the fact that it is going to be a ps5 and pc exclusive which tells me that sony has seen something in this game that maybe the public hasn't seen just yet oh yeah so for a company like them to purchase that timed exclusive that tells me that there is something there to it that we're all going to get really excited about but I want to see more. I want to see why we need to be excited for it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And uh, hopefully, um, you know, in the next uh, coming months or something like that, we'll get some more gameplay shown off or something. You never know. It could and how be shown cool off is at QuakeCon. <laughs> it's true. It could. I don't think so. But um, <laughs> but it is cool that. we are blurring the lines of exclusivity you know yeah like it's really cool that you had mlb the show which is made by a playstation studio on xbox and now you have not one but two games that are being made by a xbox game studio that is that are going to be featured on ps5 as, as a timed exclusive i think that's really cool granted yes the deals were struck before they became an xbox game studio yeah. but nevertheless whenever you open up that game whenever you turn it on for the first time it's going to say xbox game studios yep. and then you're going to get into the game so you're going to be reminded that you're playing an xbox <laughs> game on a playstation 5 yep. and the fact that death loop and we'll talk about it more later but Deathloop was the feature of the state of play of the summer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's that, that's just mind-boggling. It is. It is. You know, because I had kind of that that uh, feeling when I was reviewing uh, Minecraft Dungeons mm. because the Xbox Game Studio logo pops up while it was on my PlayStation 5. And I, was I love like, it. Oh, this is so crazy. But then it's the same thing. You know, I MLB The Show was free on Xbox Game Pass. So I downloaded it, started playing it. PlayStation Studio logo pops up on my Xbox. So I'm like, what is this world? 
I love it. You know, I, I feel like there needs to be more of that, more yeah. of that game sharing. It doesn't yeah. need to be all like, yeah, you can have your Halo on Xbox, you have your God of War on PlayStation 5. But I think for the most part, other games like, yeah, you know, like let let everyone play. I don't think that there's yeah. any issue. And I don't think we need to have that toxic gaming culture where it's like, oh, uh, it's not uh, an exclusive. It's like, yeah. oh, the ponies are mad. Oh, the Xbox <laughs> are sad. And yeah. oh, you know, everybody's getting all up in arms because a PC version's coming out. Like, whatever. Who cares? Who cares? Like, yeah, let's just like let it's, everybody it's, play. It's the perfect time to be a PC player because you have Xbox oh, yeah. games, studio games, and PlayStation games all going to PC and they still have their PC exclusives. Absolutely. So yeah, it's, it's uh, awesome. It's a perfect time to play. And speaking of a perfect time to play, I have been playing so much Call of Duty Cold War recently. <laughs> it is ridiculous. <laughs> it is, uh, um, as we have said on previous episodes, Call of Duty Cold War, um, you know, slash Warzone, um, honestly, um, in, in my perspective, is probably one of the best Call of Duties to launch because of the pre-launch and post-launch content that was planned and that has still been coming out um, and it's all free. That's one of the best things about these new, uh, the, the new, you know, I guess updates and whatever else, you know, there were so many previous versions of call of duty that you had to buy the prestige edition of the game just to get, uh, access to these multiplayer maps and whatever else, but all of it's free. Every single one of these updates are free. So you get new modes, you get new perks, you get new operators, um, now, where Call of Duty makes its money, of course, is not just by selling a game, but it is by their in-store content that they have, like operators um, having, you know, new guns, new weapons, uh, new blueprints for guns. Um, and I have to say, I have been one that has been buying blueprints recently for my weapons or exclusive operators as well. There are certain guns that give you a tactical advantage in like, you know, the zombie mode that will give you um that like for instance i have a uh, ak-47 blueprint that is like a steampunk looking uh ak-47 it gives me not only does it give me you know different colored tracers for my bullets but it gives me toxicity ammunition uh or dismemberment um is what it's called in the game to where i actually do an extra percentage of damage on zombies if i'm shooting against them so it's a really, really cool um, aspect that they have done with Call of Duty. So Season 4 Reloaded has now launched, and it is a huge update that came out on the 15th. It came out um, actually on the 14th, about 11 o'clock at night. But the zombie mode has uh, Mar Der Toten, which is the newest map, uh, which I'm really going to talk about in a second. The new multiplayer map, Rush 6v6, which is themed around uh, like paintball, um, they brought back capture the flag, which is just unbelievable. They have paintball mosh pit rush 24 seven cranked mosh pit. Then there is, um, as well as a uh, new prestige shop blueprints. There is a new league play rewards, which are the pro issue blueprints. They have new updates coming to Warzone as well. There is a payload Warzone mode that is coming soon. There is a new kill streak in Warzone, that, which is the century gun blueprint blitz which is a mode where you can go in and play with certain blueprints uh from the game but then whenever we get back to the zombie mode mule kick is back everybody mule what? kick is back 
Oh my effing God. So you can now get mule kick in the game and have three weapons in your arsenal at one time. So glad they brought it back. Um, they also have a new wonder weapon that is available in the game. Um, and it's pretty much uh, like, you know, it's, it's pretty much the hand cannon. It's called the CRBRS. And it is a wonder weapon that has a total of four variants to choose from. And it is a total beast. Uh, last night while playing the game, me and some randoms got in. And I was not very hopeful at the beginning of the game. But um, over time, we ended up getting, I think, to um, round 30. And we're so close to finishing the Easter egg of the game. Um, but we ended up getting overrun by not just Marauders, but some of the newest, um, some of the newest enemies in the game, which are by far, I would probably say by far some of the uh, hardest enemies uh, that I have faced off against in a uh, in a Call of Duty zombie zombie game, and uh, I can't remember the name of them to save my life. Of course, um, I think they're they're basically followers. They're uh, flying zombies that are able to shoot beams out of their head and stuff. And it's super crazy. But with this update um, of, of uh, Mardir Toten, there is a really cool add-ons to this game. So not only is Mule Kickback, but you get the CRBRS, which is a new wonder weapon. You get the LT-53 tactical device, which is something that you can craft in the game. And actually it, it pops up... Um, on your craft table, once you get a certain amount of uh, certain amount of uh, zombie brain members or whatever, um, I, I'm I'm kind of my mind's mushing together. But um, <laughs> what's great about it though is that that tactical device is uh, when you throw it or use it in the game, it draws from the dark ether and actually pulls all the zombies into one area and kills them all instantly. So really, really cool. And then probably one of the best additions in this mode is the robotic AI helper, Klaus. And he is so fucking awesome. I'm telling you, he is unbelievable. He, uh, he, you have to find a couple of his parts, but once you get them all together and use him, he comes in handy so much. He's not only just a, an AI helper that shoots zombies, he can revive you in the midst of the game. So that is such a huge, huge help, especially whenever you get spread out when the hordes are coming in. It's just unbelievable. Um, but I have I have really, really enjoyed my time so far with this update. Something else that is coming in this update as well, uh, or that is available in this update as well, is the new OTS 9 SMG. So it's available right now. Um, the Mace is coming in season as well as the Weaver Operator Bundle. So Weaver is coming to the game. Uh, he's not available at this point in time, but he is coming very, very soon, as well as a high-resolution texture pack is also available for um, PlayStation 5. There was actually one that launched right before launch, and there's another high-resolution uh, high texture pack that is coming in season. So... I know I uh, kind of went on a rant right there for a second, <laughs> um, but I mean, just think about this as a whole. And I'm gonna I'm gonna send you another link real quick in this uh, in the um, article chat. 
mm -hmm. you can just look at this whole ridiculous amount of content that's available um call of duty as a whole uh, uh, is as a franchise is something that you and me both have enjoyed um for some time but for sure just listening to all the stuff that's that's in the global update the zombie update the multiplayer update and the league play update what do you think about that content all being free good lord i'm i'm like this is my live reaction of scrolling through this this is a lot my goodness yeah so the fact and this is all free yeah the fact that this is all free is incredible yeah. like i love this because treyarch is really um they're they're gifting their fans they're yeah. rewarding their fans for being fans of the call of duty uh franchise and for actually like being part of it and playing their games uh this is this is a lot of stuff that they get to get into right now so yeah. that's that's pretty awesome yeah right off the right off the launch pad you're able to get so much stuff it's ridiculous now the one thing that is not free is the tracer pack weaver operation bundle that is something that you have to pay for um mm. but outside of that when you look at the entirety of like in zombies the fact that you can craft new weapons you have new dynamic wall buys you have new challenges new dark ether story until uh enemy health caps sniper rifle and melee weapon buffs um, Dead Ops Arcade 3 updates, um, you know, and then they have the PlayStation exclusive Onslaught maps that are available uh, for all PlayStation players on Rush. Uh, they have the Onslaught mode, Onslaught Accelerated, and Onslaught Challenge and Intel as well. Um, it's, it's just a huge, huge, huge update. I mean, it's, oh, absolutely. it's ridiculous. And we've already had the launch of Season 4 which was an update just not even, you know, a month ago. So then you have season four reloaded that brings even more content right off the bat. The fact um, that this is free too is just, is really cool because you look at games like, uh, like look at destiny where destiny is in that similar vein where they do seasons. They don't necessarily, yeah. they're not creating new games anymore. They just create expansions. Yeah. And what, cold war and Warzone are doing or something similar mm -hmm. except the only difference is that what we can see from here is you're getting a massive amount of stuff for free versus you know the other place in bungie there you're having to pay and yeah. that's fine you know you, you do it the way you want to do it but <laughs> i would say that that it's man you're you're getting a lot for just playing this game it's really cool yeah it, it is a lot of content that's available um and I'm uh, I'm gonna upload uh, gameplay of Rush, and I'm gonna upload uh, my first 30 minutes of gameplay of uh, Mardir Toten, um, either tonight or tomorrow. So um, I'll have it on the Second Opinion YouTube page and the Cinelinks YouTube page as well, or just head on over to Cinelinks.com and check out uh, the video. So. This is you're a gonna, lot of you're gonna carry me through some Warzone pretty soon, and bro. I will totally carry you through, through some Warzone. <laughs> yes, I've been playing a lot of. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Rebirth. I got a squad of Mister uh, Big, who uh, is a friend's dad, and then his son Jonah, and then Mister uh, you know college football player Elvin Calhoun, and of course Jesus. That guy. I'm telling you, that guy. We're all proud of Elvin. Uh, haven't been on the podcast much to really talk about him but i know him and some of his friends listen to the podcast but if you 
do know of Elvin. He uh, got a full ride scholarship to go play football at Southern uh, Arkansas University. So, hey, very excited for him. Congratulations. Um, Shout out. Shout yeah, out to Elvin. Yeah, well right, done. Right. Uh, it's going to be really awesome. I'm very excited for him. But of course, he's still talking trash up there saying he's a better Call of Duty player than me. And I mean, we, we got proof of that Bruh. the other night, Elvin. I, I, I had Bruh. more kills than you did. So. Let's let's you, let's you're not, you're not ready for that solo of smoke. <laughs> I will say in, in Cold War multiplayer, he gets a better kill to death ratio, but in rebirth, Caleb is going clutch recently. So um <laughs> but anyways, this is a really great update. And speaking of great updates on great situations, Warner Brother Games has said that NetherRealm Studios and TT Games are not being sold. So Warner Brother Games did, of course, have to give this update recently to let everyone know that this is not going to happen. It says, I can confirm the NetherRealm Studios and TT Games will continue to remain a part of Warner Brother Games and are and all are included in the Warner Brothers Media Discovery merger, says the SVP of Communications. So this is really big news. This was kind of more of a less a quick hit topic, something that me and Matt have kind of been, you know, watching because that Warner Brothers buyout and stuff from Discovery was some big ass news, Matt. Yeah, that was huge. That yeah. was insane. So um, this is more or less just a quick hit update um, article to let you guys know that don't worry and don't fret. I don't have to worry about Nether Realms, and Jordan doesn't have to worry about TT Games. So, <laughs> and we all know he is because he is still waiting for oh the uh, Lego Star Wars Skywalker Skywalker saga. We're we're huge Lego fans over here, yeah. of course. But one of the best memories I've got to say, going to an event with Katie, is when me, Bolts, and Katie were all standing at E3, and they were like, all right, we got the stuff, and Bolts is like, I'm going to go over here and check some other games out. And I'm like, why? He's like, it's a Lego game. I'm like, it's Star Wars. He's like, it doesn't matter. It's a Lego game. I'm like, whatever. So me and Katie go in there, sit down, and watch that video, and walk out, and we just, bro, right then and there, Katie was like, they're getting a best of nomination, right? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> nice. Like, it was such an unbelievable presentation that they showcased, and I, I uh, I still haven't quite forgiven you guys for uh, not giving Final Fantasy VII Remake a <laughs> best in show at E3. I was, you know, the other day I was uh, I was looking at, I, I was doing something or another. I think I was looking, it was around the time of E3 yeah. and I was looking for like previous Game Award nominations. And I think I was going to put like, oh yeah, you know, they were, they were nominated by us and something like that. And I looked and I was like, what is this? where is it <laughs> oh my god yeah you know how i feel about final fantasy games. i know you hate it so much but <laughs> I don't uh hate but... Them. i appreciate them let's say that i don't hate what, it. what final it. fantasy game have you played final fantasy 7 when it first launched on playstation that's it that's it all right well there you go yeah uh i mean <laughs> hey, look you, you played played the only one you played was a good one so that's yeah good... yeah i mean it was like listen i respect the Final Fantasy series, um, you know, I like Bolts is all on my ass about playing Final Fantasy VII Remake because he's like, you know, you don't understand. So you could play it as an action game. I'm like, I do understand that. I totally understand. That. I know they changed the story of it, too, but I can't invest bit. the time in that game. And he's like, why? I said, because there's other games I want to invest the time in. He's like, you play seven games at one time. I'm like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, hey, look, you know, it is it is an awesome game. But yeah. well, also our awesome games are what Warner Brothers games makes. Yeah. And I think that Warner Brothers keeping it to themselves is is good to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Um, like I like NetherRealm Studios. I like TT Games. Um, I think my biggest issue with them, I guess, going alone is I feel like Warner Brothers doesn't know what to do with them. Yeah. And I do wish that the rumors were true and that it was like Xbox was going to buy it or or Sony was going to buy it. I don't care yeah. who buys it, but just somebody does buy it because I want to see more from Warner, Warner Brothers games because yeah. like all we saw during E3 this year was uh, what's that one? Um, Back for Blood. Yeah, that's all we saw from them. Yep. And we're, we're waiting on games for our like Gotham Knights. We're waiting for uh, the Suicide Squad game. Yep. We're ma- waiting for the Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga. Mm-hmm. Like that's like three big name games. And you go to E3 and all you show is Back for Blood. Like you know, no disrespect to Back for Blood, it looks great, but like that's there was more to see. Oh, and yeah. I don't think that Warner Brothers is doing enough with what they mm-hmm. have. And I feel like they should yeah, they should sell, do what they did with Discovery, just mm-hmm. just sell it. And focus on, I don't know, movies, I guess. Just, yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And, um, you know, it is a it is a weird thing because um, I, I'm, I'm very excited, of course, for Back for Blood. But I, I think me and, of course, every other fan in the world that is a Warner Brothers Game Studio fan was very confused by the um by the announcement that that was the only game that was going to be showcased and um it it didn't really make any sense to me um especially with having those games having the having the games like you know i mean you even think about games that haven't particularly been announced yet you think about the fact that nether realm studios came out the other day and said that they have they're done with mortal kombat 11 updating it and they're moving on to further ventures there's rumors that um, that their next fighting game is going to be a Marvel-based fighting game. Oh, and yeah, that awesome. would be, of course, huge. But I do keep my reserves about that since Warner Brothers does own Nether Realms. So I could see them coming out with something like that, but I could also see them just saying, hey, well, we're going to make an Injustice 3. Um, or my hopes that they would bring back the late and great Mortal Kombat Shaolin Knights or Shaolin Ooh, Monks, which Shaolin Monks was sick. Oh, such a good game. Yeah, um, that'd be cool. Yeah, it'd be a fantastic uh, resurgence of something outside of a fighting game. But um, and I'll, I mean, there's also been rumors forever about a Superman game. Yes, about a Superman game. And I mean, you know, there's so much. I mean, you know, Star Wars, Lego Star Wars is is not just, you know, uh, a, a base run of the mill relaunch of you know lego uh star wars games or a bundle it is the so- uh, the skywalker saga it is a complete rebuild from the ground up of the entire gameplay aspect of lego games Incredible. that is going to tell the entire saga in just one game that's huge to me the- you're going to be able to do more in this lego game than you've ever been able to do in a lego game before so um, the fact that they have that, the fact that they have the Suicide Squad game, Gotham Knights, and we got no updates on them was very disappointing. Um, so, and 
I mean, thank God we didn't get some horrible update like, hey, you know, uh, you know, Space Jam the game is coming. To- <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> now, mind you, listen, I want Space Jam. What is it? A new journey? Is that what it's called? I think. Uh, I, a new generation, maybe? New generation, I, don't, I don't know, honestly. Did, how was it? I watched it with the kids today. And um, coming from somebody that watched Space Jam whenever it first came out, um, I have to say there is corniness to it. Of course. Of course. But I loved it like me and the kids loved it and of course they didn't get everything that they saw in there but i mean there was so many warner brothers references in there like it was ridiculous you know going to you know going to metropolis and then even having scenes to where you they go to the mad max universe and all kinds of stuff it was crazy yes it was so it was so so nuts and i mean there was times during the game that I was actually pausing the movie, like during the main basketball game, I was pausing the movie and I had this whole ready player one moment to where I'm actually seeing characters from the Warner brothers, you know, all these Warner brother movie franchises that um, I, I wouldn't have seen if I wouldn't have stopped it. I mean, there was original Joker uh, cronies in the thing that had like, you know, the Jack Nicholson Joker symbol and Oh, I mean, no way. Yes, dude. It's nuts. You definitely got to watch it. With oh, you being yeah, such a movie sure. fan. Like there's some really cool things in there. And, and honestly, it really wasn't that bad of a movie. It was a lot better than what I thought it was going to be. So um, definitely make sure to check it out. If you're, if you're a uh, movie buff um, and uh, you love uh, some of the stuff that Warner Brothers comes out with. So you you got me really excited for it. And also, I mean, <laughs> you know, I, my mind is like running right now because I was thinking about the idea of if they had come out with a Space Jam game. And uh, man, do you think about that? That'd be really cool if it was like a literal basketball game where it was the Toon Squad versus, I assume, the Monstars. I don't know. And it kind of makes you think of like an NBA 2K game in a way, but it's yeah. like set within like courts that are in different like iconic warner brothers ips that would be fantastic actually right yeah Yeah, that would be really cool have it kind of like a um kind of like a super smash aspect where you like you go to all these different worlds and uh i think in the in this version it was the goon squad so it was Uh, goon squad okay yeah so but even that would be a cool idea what you just said like you build up like a a roster like a team based off of like warner brothers like ips who's who of them yeah and then yeah they each have their own like special abilities and stuff like that That great dude that'd be sick i think we just yeah i think we just figured this all out i think we just made a a pitch to warner brothers for absolutely uh, jam's game so shoot yeah i know call us up warner brothers that's what i'm saying (laughs) um yeah man uh it it was i was actually pretty pretty shocked by it but you know like i said with that buyout i was watching i was watching this and i i i was i was excited as i was watching it because i'm just such a fan of of you know movies and and these big franchises and whatever else so i did kind of have a call call back to my my childhood like whenever i was you know watching space jam i remember watching that in theaters and just thinking like how cool it was i remember how big the soundtrack was you couldn't go oh, yeah you couldn't turn on the radio without hearing hey, everybody get up it's time to jam. <laughs> for sure it even i believe i can fly oh too. my god yes <laughs> jesus christ it was everywhere so 
but it was uh it was actually a really good movie so definitely make sure to check it out matt for sure so Oh, moving for sure. on this, from that, that's probably what i'm gonna do after this yes i think you'll really like it um moving on from that another little quick hit topic before we talk about some mega mega news ubisoft has announced that riders republic and rainbow six extraction is getting a delay so uh rainbow six extraction uh, was shown off at e3 this year um and uh i think was actually supposed to be launching this year uh, but it has been now slated for January of 2022 and Riders Republic is set for October 28th instead of September. So Matt, with you being a, a bit of a more Ubisoft fan than I am, are you saddened by this news? I am not so much saddened about Riders Republic. I mean, that's one of those that's just a month difference. Like, well, it's, yeah. it's not a huge delay. It's not that big of a deal. Um, so that one's that one's not too bad. I mean, also, I was a little disappointed by Ubisoft, what they gave out during E3 this year. Yeah. Um, Riders Republic looks fun, but it's one of those games that Ubisoft comes out with these like sports and off-road <laughs> and BMX games and yeah. stuff like that that like are all cool on paper yeah. and they're cool on trailers. But then whenever you get into the game and you play it, like you have fun with it, but it's not one of those that like I personally ever really go back to consistently. Mm -hmm. So Riders Republic looks cool, but it's not one that I'm like, you know, must buy, you know, day one. So the fact that it's getting delayed till late October, no big deal to me. Um, as for like Rainbow Six Extraction, I think Ubisoft, for the most part, has done a really nice job with Rainbow Six, the whole mm. franchise in general. I think everything that they've come out with being Rainbow Six has been really nice, really cool. Uh, I really liked what I saw from Extraction. I mean, Me they opened up their Ubisoft E3 like awesome with with Extraction. I thought that was cool. Mm. Uh, the fact that this is getting delayed until January 2022 is a bit disappointing, but it's not a huge delay considering we didn't really have like a set uh set release date um but i it goes back to what i said before about ghostwire tokyo if you need more time with the game take as much time it's no yeah. big deal that's fine like i'm not gonna really hate on a developer for asking for more time like yeah make this into the game you have envisioned it to me to be like let us play your full vision and i'm cool with it yeah i agree with you on that and the only reason why i was a little disappointed by it is you know rainbow six um you know as matt said has been has been done really well by ubisoft um but extraction was originally just supposed to be just a dlc for rainbow six siege and um it has been talked about for so many years and then finally, whenever we saw Extraction in D3, I was like, okay, cool. It's coming out this year. And I was a little bit more impressed by it than what I thought I was going to be. Um, so I kind of got my hopes up and, and I was like, I, I could see me and Bolts playing this um, on Xbox. No ifs, ands, or buts. I mean, this is going to be a huge game, really fun co-op uh, style horde game. Uh, is th Those type of games is what I'm all about. Um, but you know, even though it, it, you know, it is coming out, we only got a couple more months until, you know, uh, it comes about, um, you know, I just hope that it has the legs to stand on as a full, uh, game. And I hope it gets the support that it is, that it's probably going to need, um, when it comes down to like post launch content. 
I think that it's got the bones to be a really cool series yeah. for the Rainbow Six franchise. I would say though that because it was going to be a DLC, that is a bit worrisome that now it's going to become a full length game. Mm. Um, and I only say that because it could be that this is like the starter point to where it's like just a lot of trial and error until they get it right. Yeah. So it may not be one of those things that day one is like the must buy. And it might be one of those things where you kind of wait a little bit to see what more they come out with. Mm -hmm. And then you get in on it when they've figured out all the bugs. But I think that the fact that it was a DLC and they're making it into a full length game tells you that they do have a lot in mind for it and they a lot have a lot of hopes for it. And the Rainbow Six franchise has been really tried and true for Ubisoft for a while. So I'm 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 intrigued, I'm encouraged, and you know, give them a little bit of time for January. <laughs> and I think in that time you'll find that in well, I guess what? That's like six months from now, right? Yeah. yeah. I think in it's golly. 2021 is going quick. I know, but like, right? <laughs> in six months, I think they can come up with a lot of stuff post-launch, uh, even, you know, figure out any of the bugs that they're working with now. So mm -hmm. I think it's a good, I think it's a fine delay. Like, I, I, I'm i I'm not too, too disappointed by it. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I'll i agree with you on that. I'm, 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 I have my little disappointments, but, you know, you, you rein me back in. Good job. <laughs> um, so this is mega news right here. This is something, uh, this is the last uh, top gaming news we're going to talk about before Matt talks about his Rocket um, uh, Send Pro Air Wireless Gaming Headset. That's it. it. Um, uh, he's going to talk about that, and then we're going to talk about Deathloop. But um, this is huge, huge news and totally derails the Nintendo Switch OLED. <laughs> like, yes, this is like, yes. this is the pro model handheld that we have been looking for for quite some time. So Valve has announced its new handheld gaming PC called Steam Deck. The reservations went live today, and this is exactly what we have been looking for when it comes down to a mobile gaming system. So this gaming system is literally a high-powered gaming PC in the palm of your hands. It has a custom APU, a processor designated to optimize handheld devices created by AMD. Uh, and this is just huge. I, I don't know really any other way of stating it. Um, there are going to be three, there are three different versions of it. There's a $399 version, a $399 version uh, that has 64 gigabytes of space. Um, then there's a $529 version that has 256 gigabytes of space. It has faster storage. It has a carrying case and exclusive community profile bundle. And then you have the 512 gigabyte version, which is $649, has the fastest storage, premium anti-whatever, uh, uh, glarification uh, glass, I guess. And then it's got a carrying case, virtual keyboard theme, and much more. So this system has, um, I think, has the ability to uh, do up to 4K, correct, Matt? Uh, yeah, it, it should have that capability. Um, mm -hmm. It's not one of those things that they are full on uh, endorsing, okay. but the this is 
like a, a game changer for the handheld gaming market. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it was amazing that they came out on the exact same day that the Nintendo OLED version went on sale. Yeah. And they announced this. Uh, I thought that was just the perfect <laughs> move for them because I think it completely derailed a lot of uh, what Nintendo was going for. And, and I mean, they still sold out. So, I mean, it was still fine for them. But uh, I think it did pull the wind out of their sails a bit because this really is that pro model we've been waiting for. Yeah. The fact that they're giving you options of what you can buy in, you know, different storage capacity and how fast it's going to go, different carrying cases, all that stuff. I think that was the perfect move. I think that's really awesome and really cool. But I think that even the best part of it is that so many people for years and years and years have been building their Steam library. And now at no extra cost outside of the cost of the console itself, they can now take that entire library and go anywhere with it. Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) It's so crazy. It really is. And it's not something that I think anybody saw coming. I, I was blown away whenever I saw this and I immediately told my wife, I said, I, I have to get one. I have yeah. to get one. Yeah. Um, and so uh, as of this uh, recording today, the, um, the, I guess, reservations to pre-order went live. Mm-hmm. And I think that Valve handled it perfectly. Oh, yeah. Because if you look at what happened with the Nintendo Switch, you look at what happened with the PS5, you look at what happened with the Xbox Series X, and the fact that I still can't get an Xbox Series X, which is really annoying to me, <laughs> uh, because of bots and scalpers and everybody coming in, taking up all of the pre-orders, and then just selling them at a ridiculous markup. Yeah. Valve saw that, and they decided what they were going to do was create reservations. You pay $5, you are reserved. It is a first come first serve basis. Mm -hmm. You are reserved. And then you are going to get an email to pre-order. Your your, uh, moment to pre-order will be emailed to you based on when you reserved. And then you'll be able to buy your Steam Deck. I think that was the perfect way to play it. And I think that Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, I think all of them could take a lesson from uh valve on that because it was perfect i i didn't want to stay up till 2 a.m whenever reservations opened so i went to sleep i woke up this morning and i paid the five dollars (laughs) yeah like and it was still available now granted i'm not going to be one of the first people to get it and that's okay that's not a problem but at, at the same time i know that at some point sometime or another i'm going to get that message and i will be able to pre-order when my time has come yeah. and i think that is awesome yeah i totally agree with you and just the aspect the overall aspect of this system it, it's it, it's a different looking system but it is a gorgeous system mm-hmm. at the same time um now the button placement is a little strange but i think that's more or less because they have the um, I guess, what is that? The uh, mount or the trackers that yeah. are built into the actual um, system itself right below the analog sticks. Um, but the fact, like what Matt said, the fact that you're going to be able to download some of the latest AAA titles and this system will actually be able to handle it at, from what I'm reading, like, you know, 4K like 60 frames per second. And the fact that you're going to be able to dock this 
into a 4K or 8K display and get that resolution is something that's going to be stupendous. It's going to be revolutionary whenever it comes down to the handheld market. This is by far the exact thing that handheld gamers wanted. So it, it is, it's wild to me um, that, that Valve, of course, as they always do, has shocked the gaming world mm-hmm. by bringing something like this out. And Gabe Newell actually said, you know, this is not something that is just a gimmick. It's not something that's going that we're we're selling now and then you know it's going to eventually go away. This is something that is going to be fully supported by Valve uh, for the long haul. So um, I'm so excited to see what this console um, will do to the handheld market, yeah. what this console will do to Nintendo, where well, they, it will push them. You know that's what, I'm, what I'm wondering too. I'm wondering how this is going to affect Nintendo because we talked before when we were talking about the OLED version mm-hmm. that Nintendo tends to zig where everyone else is zagging. Mm-hmm. They they go their own direction. They branch off. They don't really care. Yeah. But I think this one, for the first time in a while, is a direct competitor to them. Oh yeah. And I really wonder how they are going to respond. Are they going to now, is this going to force them to come out with that Switch Pro that everybody wants? Um, Are they going to have some other answer in maybe the virtual console that everybody's been asking for? Um, Or are they going to continue to zig while everybody else is zagging and (laughs) just ignore it? And just say, well, they don't have Joy-Cons, so who cares? Yeah. Um, it, it, it's like <laughs> the I mean, perfect they, Nintendo comment right there. Well, they they could, Joy-Con. right? Yeah. yeah. So I, it's, I'm very intrigued to see where this, how this all plays out. And I would, I mean, I would love to be the fly on the wall in Nintendo, like in, in their boardroom to see what they would be saying about this. But it's, this is big. And I think, the, the only the, the biggest beneficiaries are the players. Whether you're a Nintendo fan, whether you're a PC gamer, whatever you are, I think this is going to be a big moment for all of us because I think competition is going to breed a lot of really cool innovation. Yeah. And I would like to see Nintendo really capitalize on it. We'll see what happens. Or just see Valve dominate with this. Yeah, because this is a system that will be capable of running Windows, which will be capable of running Xbox Game Pass. Yes. So not only are you getting all of these games, all these PC games in your library, you're also going to eventually be able to get Xbox Game Pass on there. Yeah. And that's just even more variety. And oh, it's, yeah. it's more flexibility from a system that is it's it's literally game changing yeah literally game changing and you think about too like you know microsoft seeing this microsoft probably saw this and they were like yes <laughs> now we have our hand yep. in the handheld markets <laughs> oh you know it you yeah know so it. it's really nuts to me and i'm so excited to see the capabilities of the system i'm so excited to see where it's going to you know take the handheld market of course but so uh, new segment uh, used to just be the end show, but now it's called time to get real. So Ooh. what I'm going to start doing every episode, um, you know, what my, my goals per week, I'm going to try to start bringing out more of the celeb suggests 
and try to start featuring more of the Centrelink's uh, opinionated articles or reviews um, in the uh, Time to Get Real segment. So this segment uh, is, of course, brought to you by Centrelink's.com. And I do have to do my little shout out real quick to the one and only Popple. If you get a chance, head on over to popple.co and use the code Second Opinion Pro to save 20% on your order. There's all different types of styles. You can do custom popples. And if you don't know what popple is, it is a little item that you can attach to the back of your phone and you tap it to the top of an iPhone or to the middle of an Android and instantly share all your social profiles instantly. So there's also a new version of the Popple, um, the, the Popple format called Popple Band. So it's literally just a band that you slip onto your wrist and you can just tap that to someone's phone, share all your information. Um, and I suggest using Popple Pro. It's only $2.99. You can have custom icons. You can embed videos on your profile. Uh, so on mine, I have my custom second opinion icons. I uh, also have an embedded E3 interview on there as well. So Popple is just the, the way to go whenever it comes down to sharing your business or sharing your podcast. Um, and it really eliminates the um, use or need of business cards. There's not a need for them anymore because Popple is here. So check out popple.co and use the code Second Opinion Pro to save 20% on your order right now. So, uh, Matt, popple.co, make sure to get you one. Um, anyways, you so. <laughs> um, After that but, endorsement, for sure. I know, right? So, um, but as I always say, guys, um, it is an unbelievable uh, opportunity that I've had um, over the last few years of being able to work on Cinelinks. And I really want you guys to head on over there and check out some of the great, great content that we have. And also make sure to check out the new exclusive details on uh, the Kenobi characters and casting. And this is, is an exclusive, exclusive. For the one and only Jordan Mason. So make sure to head on over there right now to Centrelinks and check it out. But um, with that being said, we're going to talk about the Rocket headset that Matt just recently got to review. So Matt, take it away. Let's talk about this headset. How amazing is this headset? So recently, um, Rocket sent me over uh, a few products to check out. And one of the premier ones, one of the top ones that um, I had to check out first was their new gaming headset, which was the Rocket Sim Pro Air. Uh, so this is a wireless PC gaming headset with 3D audio. And uh, I, you know, I've really enjoyed it personally as someone who does not like wireless gaming headsets. I, it, they just, they're too inconsistent. They disconnect very easily. They'll do it for like literally no reason and always at the worst time. And um, I also don't like plastic frames, mm -hmm. but the Rocket Sim Pro Air actually, it changed a lot of my mind. And it was kind of an exception to that rule that I have about not liking those types of gaming headsets. Um, it's extremely comfortable. The, it has these uh, memory foam cushions that honestly feel like I could wear them for like ever and ever and ever. They're really nice. And I love the style and the design of the frame itself because the, the headband, and this is again, I'm just gonna talk about what grinds my gears with a lot of headsets. <laughs> I don't like 
whenever a headset has ex- like too much space between the headset frame and the head. Like whenever it has all that real estate, I like, first of all, I think it looks ugly. Yeah. And second of all, it, it just doesn't, I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. But this one com- perfectly conforms to your head and it, it's really nice and snug. So I, I love that those, those aspects of it. And also one of the cool things about the Rocket Sim Pro Air is that the exterior of it, you know how whenever, you know, you have a frame and you know, you're putting it on for the first time and you got to adjust the ear cushion to fit your ear and the headband to fit your head, right? (laughs) This one, and it's always inside. That's what you're always using whenever you're using the headset. Like you're adjusting the band inside. That's not what this one's doing. This one uses an exterior adjusting uh, thing really? that they call lay flat yokes, which I just saw that for the first time, which I thought was interesting. But <laughs> those exterior um, adjustments is really cool. It's very um, smooth. Like you don't hear it at all. And uh, I, I thought that was really nice as well. So those were like some of the big parts of the whole frame in general that I really liked. Some of the things that I didn't like about the headset is the ear plate itself. The earplate is is nice. It's got a matte black finish that's really smooth and really nice to see. But one of the things was that I found that it got like smudges easily, like yeah. easily. Both my wife and I at times when we were testing it and whenever we were doing our, our light box shots of it and doing the <laughs> review, we were having to take a memory foam to it. Like not memory foam, uh, what's the microfiber cloth? Yeah. I had to take a microfiber cloth to, get to the, it. Like, like, you know, fingerprints off? Yeah, yeah, we had to get it off because we wanted to get it looking smooth, you know? Yeah, I mean, you got that smooth transition on that review video. I was like, wait a second, did they send that to you? Nope, I did (laughs) it all myself. I was like, you SOB. We bought a a light box that is entirely too big for our tiny apartment. That's good. But uh, yeah, so another thing too with that ear, ear plate is that it, whatever material they're using Mm -hmm. is making it, hard to see the lights the rgb lighting that they have yeah uh during the daytime you cannot see it whenever it is like any form of light is being put on the headset it makes the lights go invisible but once it gets dark that's whenever you see the full light show and it's really cool but you gotta wait until you're like in the dead of night to actually see it so i didn't like that um but it's got 50 millimeter speakers okay, and that is really nice. I thought it was really cool. And um, everything that I played being at like a, you know, R- Ratchet and Clank, which I played a lot of using this just by using the PS5 controller on um, through my laptop. I also played uh, Destiny, all of it with this microphone. I'm sorry, with this uh, headset and the speakers, it was really amazing sound quality like picture perfect clear sound and i loved that about the sim pro air the 50 millimeter speakers are awesome in that aspect um also it's got 3d audio which i think every gaming headset ever for the history of mankind should have 3d audio because it kind of gives you like some surround sound quality and it's it's beautiful i man i can't get enough of that uh but also, so a funny story about the um, the microphone that you can see in my review. 
So whenever you get the microphone for it, it's detached. And it's nice, it's flexible. It, it looks like a high quality microphone. I had no idea where to put it. <laughs> like I looked everywhere on this dang headset to try to figure out where to put this headset or to put the microphone in. I looked below, I looked on the sides, I looked everywhere. There is a cap on the side of one of the, on the side of the um, ear plate. And when you get it, it's got like a microphone label on it. Yeah. I thought that was the mute button. <laughs> it is not the mute button. You have to take off that cap and then you can attach it in there. And yeah. then once you get it, then it sounds great and it's awesome. But <laughs> it was like, where the hell do I put this thing? <laughs> um, but that was cool. Uh, th so the way that you completely unlock the Rocket Sim Pro Air is with their new program, which is called Rocket Neon. Yeah. And currently they've got two programs. They've got Rocket Swarm and Rocket Neon. Swarm was the old program that they've been using for like years and years and years with like all their products. The Simpro Air is the first time that they use Neon and Neon will be the future going forward, but it's really, really early. Yeah. And because it's really, really early, it's not, it doesn't have everything that you would want it to have as far as customizability for the Rocket mm -hmm. Simpro Air. Like, it, for example, you can change the audio. You can change it to where you're doing superhuman hearing, 3D audio, some more like a balanced sound situation. But they give you these samples. And so you go to like 3D audio, you click on it, you hit samples. There are three samples that come up. Game, music, movie. Hmm. I hit game. There was like no change. <laughs> I hit music. There was no change. I hit movie. There were no change. Like it doesn't tell you anything is changing on the program. And I didn't hear anything that made it feel like anything had changed. Yeah. So it kind of felt like a pointless aspect to it. Um, like I, I just wanted to see something. You could lie to me and tell me that like all these like uh, lines are changing. You could lie to me and say that like, oh, something's changing with these lines, <laughs> but there's not even that. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking for something like that. Um, and then also you can change the illumination and, but it's not easy to change it. Like you can change the RGB lighting to be AMO, which is like their like premier intelligent lighting engine, mm -hmm. or you can like kind of customize it to be uh, a single color or, you know, start do a different kind of color wave like you can change it to where it like slows the color wave or it speeds up something like that oh, okay at least that's what it tells you it can do yeah. but like when you go into it and you do it it completely like resets the lighting situation like the lighting goes dark and you kind of really? have to like restart it and then it picks up and i guess it thinks about it and then it's like no i'm not gonna do it um <laughs> Like for, for many times where I was like, let me just do a solid color and it wouldn't do it. And then I'm doing my review and I realize halfway through me saying that you can't do anything with, you know, the customization, I have changed the, the, to be a solid color. And I was like, well, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> like when I was trying to do it right then and there, it wouldn't do it. Like it had to literally think about it. Yeah. before it actually uh, changes the color. So I, I was saying in my review that the best way to keep it is on AMO, um, which is a great effect. It's yeah. honestly, I love that effect and it connects to like every other Rocket product that has AMO, which is an even better 
experience. Um, overall, I liked the Rocket Sim Pro Air. It's nice. It's kind of expensive in $149.99. Um, it's got some issues to work through in terms of the Rocket Neon. Yeah. But there are some things that it can't. Like there's, there's just no update that's going to happen for it. And that's going to be the lighting and the ear plates in general. And I think that was my biggest issue was that the fact that any light gets put on it and the lighting goes away is, is something that I don't think any headset should ever do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but overall, it's it's a great, great headset. You, I think if you buy it, you're going to love it. But I think there are some issues that you'd have to compromise for. Okay. Yeah. And now Rocket is owned by Turtle Beach now, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. That's what yeah, they thinking. bought them like a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I so think, I think they're actually when when they bought them is when we went to E3 2019 because we had to like to sit down with them and they were showing off their mm. mouse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They have a lot of different mice that um, they released. This is like Rocket is like the PC brand of Turtle mm. Beach. Yeah. Turtle Beach itself, I think, more focuses on consoles. And then they delegate what they want to do with the PC marketplace to Rocket. Yeah. And now they're actually getting into the podcasting market. They're getting into all this other streaming stuff. But um, as far as like PC gaming, it's all Rocket. Oh, okay. Well, uh, from what I saw in your video review, um, the the headset looks great. And I mean, you know, your your light box looks great, of course. So <laughs> Thank you. Now you got Thank me sitting you. here thinking, I'm like, should I get one of these? Or whatever <laughs> I do unboxings, I'm like, this looks so professional. You should. So you should get you. one smaller. Yeah. But, I mean, how look, big of the light? How big was the light box that you got? Oh, geez, how big was the light box? Um, I'd have to consult my wife. She's the one that like looked it up. Yeah, it had to been pretty big. Oh, okay, so she says it's 90 centimeters to 90 centimeters. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, no, all credit really, honestly, goes to my wife because yeah. I was doing um, reviews and uh, game reviews and headset reviews, all all the all manner of stuff. Yeah. And I had been doing it in a way that, like, I don't think was visually appealing, but it was fast to do. Yeah. And my wife looked at it and was like, you can do better than this. And she <laughs> came up with the idea with getting the light box. She came up with a lot of uh, set design stuff. Um, we we just put out a, a YouTube channel that you should go subscribe to at Move the Joystick. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of a lot of this innovation comes from her. Yeah. And uh, I think it's it's been an amazing adjustment. It's been a lot of hard work. It's been a lot of early mornings and a lot of late nights, but it's I, I am I'm proud of what we've been coming up with. That's good. Yeah. That's good. It's always good to up your game, Matt. For sure. Always for good sure. to up your game. And of course, you know, <laughs> I gotta thank your wife anyways for waking you up. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you I do. I really you do. You owe my wife a beer because I was I was dead asleep. It was like eight ten in the morning. Uh it's ten thirty-eight right now in Korea. And we were set to record at 9 a.m. I'm I'm gone. I'm gone with the wind sleeping. Yeah. And my wife calls up. She's like, hey, uh, don't you need to wake up? And I was like, huh? For what? Like, it's, 
it's eight o'clock or it's eight ten. I was like, whoa, wait, what? She's like, yeah, you've got the show. You got to wake up. You got to get ready. You got to do it. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got, you definitely owe her a beer. Uh, I will definitely get her that beer for sure. And of course, you know, with me being the butcher, I got to get her some steak too. So, oh dude, she will love you. Yeah. Love you forever. If you do. That. Um, so definitely make sure to head on over to Cinelinks.com uh, and check out Matt's review of the latest rocket headset also make sure to check out the full video on the Centerlinks youtube page and then subscribe to um what's the what's the name of the youtube page uh it's move the joystick but the like joystick. you know how you you need like a hundred subscribers and then you can change your url yeah so it's kind of kind of bit hard to right now but um you can find like you can find me on Instagram at move the joystick and it'll have the bio there if you want to go directly to the YouTube page. Um, but yeah, just look for move the joystick on YouTube and hopefully I pop up. So I'm guessing that this move the joystick YouTube page, we're going to have, you know, some of, you know, the content of course that you make and then maybe some original move the joystick content. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Oh yeah, so yeah, it is there. Okay, so you just type in "move the joystick" on the search engine, and and I'll pop up. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, it's definitely uh, we're, we've got a lot of stuff in the works, a lot of ideas that we're coming up with, and a lot of ideas that we're coming up with for for Cinelinks. So mm -hmm. a lot of this stuff is going to be shared, and a lot of really exciting things that we're going to be working on that I I'm honestly personally can't wait for. I'm so ready to just start producing all this content for for both channels and you should definitely subscribe to both Cinelinks and move the joystick yeah i will definitely I'm, I'm trying to do it right now but i'm not very good at multitasking as you know so <laughs> <laughs> i'm like typing and talking i'm like my could have fooled me colliding. i don't know you're doing uh, good <laughs> so um anyways um with that being said me and matt um are um, I could, I would say, you know, you're, you're a pretty big Bethesda fan, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. So, um, not, not to the degree that you are, but yes, I do <laughs> love right. Bethesda. No one loves Bethesda like I do. No, uh, <laughs> no one in the history of mankind will love Bethesda more than you. Um, so, um, I have been trying to produce more content recently. And one of the things that I, uh, have been trying to do is get back into doing the celeb suggests uh, series, uh, yes, and going from that, I'm going to start making these, not just articles, but videos as well. So I'm, I'm excited to get into back into, you know, video work and whatever else. But of course, you know, I've been having to work on my days off doing some training and stuff like that for some other people. So hopefully I'm going to be able to get some time lined out for that, but death loop is coming soon and i am so so excited the game launches september 14th and there was you know God, there was already. some yeah i know right it's crazy yeah. so um there was some stuff that i wanted to kind of give my opinions about but i also of course wanted to talk about this with matt um and really kind of talk about the grand scope of this game and why death loop is in my book um going to be a perfect merger of all the games that arcane has brought out before um so and kind of more or less a perfect merger of most of kind of like bethesda style whenever it comes down to games so like you know no matter your style everyone is going to enjoy this game so you know the dishonored series as a whole um always gives the player the ability 
of of you know choosing the type of gameplay that they want to to have in the game so you can either you know go in and and do your assassin's creed ask uh uh esque uh, type of of gameplay of, of having like this you know super sneaky and smooth gameplay or you can just you know pull a celeb and go full-on leroy jenkins and <laughs> run in there and just start punching and slicing as much as you can um uh, I, I love i honestly love that about you i remember when you did uh you were doing hitman yeah and like, <laughs> you you great. ran in there and you just decided that you were like i'm gonna kill everybody <laughs> yeah. and then like you're trying to change into other people's clothes and then more people are coming in and you're like no 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 and you're yeah. trying to like, and you just like next thing you know you just have like piles of bodies it was like, oh yeah my it was God. it was nuts because like as i changed <laughs> clothes it would throw them off enough for like a couple of seconds they were like wait a second who are you and then i would kill them and then i'd like pull them in there so eventually i think there was like 13 bodies piled up in the room so many oh, it, it was, was ridiculous, ridiculous. Yeah. But, what's but I love great, that. I I love watching you do that. I think that's hilarious. Yeah, I'm more. I, I am more of a stealth person. Like yeah. I'm like I want to get in, get out, have no trouble, sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, so I, I it's it's kind of funny that we we take different approaches there. Yeah, because you know Bolts is the same way. Like he's really stealthy. So whenever we compare the way that we play Assassin's Creed, especially with Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I was really. Um, more or less like a heavy soldier in that game. Uh, like all my weapons that I used were heavy weapons. Um, and if I was taking anybody on, it wasn't, I wasn't crawling up no building and sneaking in and stealth killing people. <laughs> I was like, we're going in the front door, baby. And, uh, you know, bolts was like, I just, Oh my God, I hate that about you. I'm like, why? He's like, it's Assassin's Creed. I'm like, this is Valhalla, bro. Like this is an Assassin's Creed one. <laughs> this is Valhalla. I'm a Viking. I'm about to like fuck some shit up. That so, is true. I've yeah. always like, that was one of my biggest, like, things that i thought was weird about uh the assassin's creed valhalla i'm like yeah. you're a viking why would you yeah. be an assassin yeah exactly like why would you go and like sneak your way up a, a a castle to kill somebody make yourself known yeah you know? kind like, of going back to warner brothers witness me okay yes like <laughs> yes witness me yes 100 yeah. odin witness me crash down door kill everything yes that's the yeah. way to go so that's kind of how i am of, of course and in and, and Bethesda games. So uh, just like recently, they did the recent, you know, full PlayStation 5 and Xbox updates to Doom Eternal. Uh, you can play the game now in 4K, 60 frames per second, or if you're playing on Xbox Series X, you can play it up to 120 frames per second. And going back through and just seeing the visuals of that game, everything about Doom Eternal is like, that is such a... It's such a beautiful game, and it literally is the embodiment of anger management. Like, that's like, <laughs> that is the game that most counselors should use. Like, do you have a lot of built up anger? Yes. Like, yeah, okay, well, I want you to sit down and play Doom Eternal for three hours, and then you're going to, you know, all that frustration is going to be gone. So, I prescribe you killing demons. Yes. <laughs> that would be literally killing your demons by killing demons. Yeah. So, uh, back to, back to, uh, you know, this style of game. I am one of those guys that just really just loves to just run into a room and just take things on. But this type of game with Deathloop, there's going to be somewhat of a difference. You're not just going to have consequences of being seen by somebody, but you're going to have the possible consequences of being uh, of like having to start your entire game over from the beginning. So it's not really 
um, I wouldn't say that it is, you know, um, kind of a Dark Souls aspect. But, you know, if you die, you only have two chances with this, uh, I guess, you know, kind of, um, you know, one up or level up or I'm, I'm sorry, uh, life uh, mode that they have to where it's you have the ability of having two chances of kind of redeeming yourself and taking your enemies on. But if you die after that, then that's it. The game starts back. So and that's actually an up upgrade that you can get in the game later. But uh, Deathloop, go ahead. No, to a certain extent, it's kind of like Sekiro. Yeah. Shadows yeah. die twice. Because yeah. yeah, you do have those two chances and then you start if you if you die, then you start over from the beginning of that level. Mm -hmm. But I think the difference here between that is that Deathloop will make you well, it'll start the whole game over, right? Yeah. Like you die twice and then boom, you start to the first part of the day, which I yeah. think is awesome. Yeah. Um and in essence, that's kind of Majora's mask. It's 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 like Majora's Mask in that you're starting the whole situation over again yeah. because, you know, you've died or you finished a temple, whatever. Yeah. Um, so I think that's really cool and it's very unique in that aspect. And I also think what else is, is very unique in that is is the art style. Um, you don't see a whole lot of games that look the way Deathloop does. Yeah. And I agree with you on that, too, is... You know, the art style of this game, and as I said in the in the article, you know, it is it is this 1960s modern style um, that you don't really see a lot. And that's the reason why I do feel like this is a merger of a lot of Bethesda art styles. So what, yeah. what's always been great about uh, Arcane Studios is the the visual aspect of their games. It's always so different. It always feels so different. But this, to me, feels like that merger of, you know, you do have the Dishonored series, and then you also have, you know, uh, id Software's Wolfenstein. Yeah. And in, in Wolfenstein, the New Order, especially when, when you go to America and you see that 1960s kind of stylized America that's all run by Nazis and stuff, you know, this is more centric to, like, everywhere you go in here, you see that 1960s kind of psychedelic look to it. And it's just breathtaking. Like the, I'm so excited to explore this island, and not really, uh, not really, of course, you know, as I usually do, just take my time and look everywhere. But just being able to walk into different areas of this island and see the the detail that goes into that is going to go into this game is just I can't wait. Um, and go ahead. You have to appreciate. Like just to your point about, you know, the time lapses um, from Bethesda Studios, like you have to appreciate how Arcane Studios has that time range where they can create Dishonored, which is more so in like, I don't know, uh, like pre-Renaissance in yeah. a way, like um, that kind of history. And then they can go off and they can make Prey, which is off in the far distant future. Yeah. And then they're making a 1960s, like modern style game, you know, <laughs> uh, it's, it's I, I love that about them, that they are not afraid to take risks and to just try something different. Yeah. And this game definitely feels different, um, considering kind of like what Matt just said of, of them just getting off of Prey, which was, you know, very futuristic. And now Deathloop uh, is does have this 1960s kind of 007 feel to it. Yeah. Even even the theme 
of the the game that they've released called Deja Vu is like a it sounds like a 007 theme song, you know, and it's it's just full on badass 1960s style um from the get-go uh you and know, it, when, it just feels like you're taking on a whole bunch of bond villains too yeah it does it does you know because the 1960s was just cram packed with all these 007 movies that mm-hmm. were of course coming out from different studios at that time but um it's going to be an experience for everybody that everyone is going to experience differently uh because you're going to have the ability of killing these enemies however you want um in in any style that you want so you you can kill them with powers you can kill them with these crazy weapons you can kill them by sneaking or you can kill them in you know the only way that i know uh, leroy jenkins Jenkins. and and, um what's going to be even cooler about this is you know you're not just taking on one bad guy or some sub villains or whatever else you're taking on eight targets throughout this game and one of these targets is named julianne blake so julianne blake is her main goal is to just stop you no questions asked she her goal is to kind of warm up to you learn about you and then if you get a little too close for comfort her goal is to try to take you down and kill you but what's cool about her character is that not only will she be controlled uh by the ai but friends of yours will have the ability of doing the invasion style mode to where they can take over Julianne in the game while you're playing your campaign and take you on right then and there. So this invasion mode was actually something that was conceptualized by id Software and it was supposed to come to Doom Eternal, but it has been scrapped due to remote work with the pandemic and everything like that. There is a new single uh, player horde mode that's coming to the game. Um, but it, it was scrapped. So I am excited that they are bringing this to this game because not only are you going to have the challenge of the campaign, but you're also going to have the perfect competition for you and your friends, having the ability to take your friends down during the campaign, uh, holding them back from completing missions or even going as far as trolling your friends in key moments in the game is sounding better and better every day. I don't know about you, Matt, but I can't wait. Hopefully... You know, I'll be able to jump into your game and maybe take you down if you're playing it. So, <laughs> oh man, I you're you're not ready for that. You're not ready to invade me. But uh, no, I would. So I'm I'm a bit conflicted of okay. with the invasion style mode because it reminds me of Watch Dogs. Yeah, when Watch Dogs would let you um, go in and invade somebody's game. And whenever they did that, it got really annoying because mm-hmm. like you, you're maybe driving to your next like story mission thing. And then all of a sudden someone's in your game and they're like, Hey, you're being invaded. You need to go handle it. And it's like, no, I'm not. I don't want to handle it. I want to go figure out the rest of the story. Why am I hacking everything? Um, and, and so whenever like games add that aspect to it, I think it's, it's a cool feature. Yeah, but it's not one that I think has been integrated as well as I think Deathloop is integrating it mm-hmm. and more of they're making the invasion style part of the story yeah. to a certain aspect. Um, I like that. I like that friends can do that. Mm-hmm. 
I just would like it to only be friends. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't want it to just be some random person and yeah. I want to be able to turn it off, but still keep it to where Juliana is going to come in and uh, come at me and, and try to like sabotage me in some form or fashion yeah. because it feels very unpredictable in that aspect. And I like that. Um, but there are going to be a lot of moments where I'm not going to feel like talking or playing with anybody. I'm just going to want to get from point A to point B uh -huh. uh, without any sort of issues from like some guy trying to troll me. Yeah. Um, but I will think it will be kind of fun in other aspects. So it's, it's the ebbs and flows. It's turning off, turning it on. Mm -hmm. um, is it going to be a major distraction to the overall story? That's what I want to find out. Yeah. And I, I I agree with you too that I, I do feel that you, hopefully they'll give you the necessary ability to turn that mode off. Like if you don't want, you know, an online mode, you can just you know turn it off with no problem. Um, uh, I, I think that that mode is kind of like what Matt said. I think that mode, you know, of course it has been looked at before, um, and you know, and I actually forgot about Watch Dogs having it, but it was in my perspective, unsuccessfully done because yeah, no. there was a lot of times that I was really, you know, irritated because you, it wouldn't, it wouldn't just be a friend. It would actually just be some random person. A lot of times it was awful invade your game. So I think from what I read, I think that it, this isn't, uh, it's not giving everybody the ability to just stop in whenever they need to, or whenever they want to give me one second. Anyways, uh, I think that it has been done unsuccessfully, but uh, kind of like what Matt said, I do think that there is really good probability that this game mode can be successful if it is just limited to your friends. So I think it'll, it'll have more of a competitive edge and more of a, a, you know, kind of fun factor to it. If like you're playing the game and then it pops up and it's like Matt has now taken control of Julianne. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, you son of oh, a yeah. bitch, you're trying to take me oh, down. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. I, I, I want, I cannot wait for those texts of like, I hate you so much. Yeah. I hate you. I have to start over from the beginning now. You're I hate you so him. much. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, lastly, one of the really cool factors about Deathloop that uh, this feature is coming, I think exclusively, of course, exclusively because of this, but I don't know if they're going to integrate any of this eventually whenever it uh, possibly comes Xbox, but the DualSense support. So DualSense is a great controller. It's really, really fun and really cool, especially whenever um, the game companies really support it. So the DualSense support in this is not just your run-of-the-mill uh, rumble aspects. The, the, the controller is actually going to make you feel like the world is alive in your hands. So, for example, when it comes down to the haptic feedback, some guns will actually let you feel every round as they reload. So your single shot pistols and stuff like that, you're actually going to be able to feel the bullet go into the gun and the controller, which I think is really fantastic. Ooh, that's um, awesome. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. And then the haptic feedback in the controller will also let you feel different environments as you're going about. So depending on the environment you're walking in, like if you're walking in snow or if you're walking in dirt or walking on stone, you'll actually feel the difference in the controller as well as the adaptive triggers. So just like in Call of Duty's recent Call of Duty Cold War, depending on the weapon you'll use, uh, you'll actually feel a difference in not just aiming the weapon, 
you'll, you'll feel a difference in the uh, right trigger as you shoot. So you'll be able to like if it's lighter weapons, you'll be able to aim easier. If it's if it's uh, you know heavier weapons, it's going to take you a little bit more to aim. Along with the aspect of older, uh, more rusty style weapons, will actually be able to jam on you in the game. So if they jam on you in the game, that right trigger as you're trying to fire will actually seize up, and you'll not be able to do it until you un uh, unjam the the gun itself. And then you'll be able to use that trigger. So that's just one more experience of immersion for this game to make Deathloop feel like it's just alive and really kind of taking control of your life. So what do you think about that aspect, Matt? I think it's really cool. And I think anytime that a game is going to utilize the full power of the DualSense, is is a game worth playing yeah. um because yeah like you said the dualsense controller is a really awesome controller it's it's one of a kind really it's nothing yeah. that we've ever really experienced in gaming and so to be able to utilize a lot of different factors a lot of different parts of it is is amazing um yeah. like it ratchet and clank i think we just talked about it you know it it, it really it utilized every aspect of it that you could for really feasibly think about. Um, you've got other games that like you talked about with Call of Duty Cold War that are starting to use it too. And so being able to reload a gun and feel it, being able to shoot a gun or fire a gun and again, feel it, feel the difference between them, um, I think is, is sensational. So I'm, I'm really excited for what Deathloop is going to offer and what that experience is going to be. I don't know if by the time it releases on Xbox, if Xbox will have created a new controller to rival the DualSense. Because I yeah. know that P uh, Sony, them, they're not releasing the specs to it. They're not releasing how they do it or even the licensing to it. Um, so a lot of companies that create controllers and stuff like that, they're not able to create a version of the DualSense. And if they do, it's nothing compared to what Sony has already created. Yeah, because, you know, the Xbox controller does have good rumble. You know, yeah. you can actually feel it in the triggers and so on and so forth. But, you know, it's not it's not DualSense. DualSense is just it's something that stands alone on its own yes. and it's unbelievable with such an amazing amazing controller uh and if you do get a playstation 5 definitely make sure to check out astro's playroom because yeah um like it it baffled me the first time i played it i was like what is this like I've, i mean it was almost shocking uh to to actually feel that type of um that type of m movement and rumble and you know and not even rumble you know like on the one aspect on on astro's playroom when you like use the zipper on the touchpad and you actually feel every clink of the zipper yeah, on the yeah, touchpad you do. like that was nuts I mean, and also nuts. like in returnal whenever yes. you're just walking around and the rain is coming down like yeah. you feel the rain you feel the rain it's crazy and i mean it, it really does just take you into a different realm of, of gaming. So I'm very excited to see what this is going to do with the game. And of course, you know, visually the game is going to launch with 4k 60 frames per second support. Um, so this is an exclusive at this point in time on PlayStation five and PC. Um, but after September 14th of 2022, 
it will be up for grabs and i'm sure it will be coming to xbox and xbox game pass um it would not surprise me at all um do you think i, I mean i'm sure you agree with me you, you think the game's gonna come oh for sure yeah i mean this is a bethesda game so it's totally going to be a timed exclusive i don't think i don't agree with the people that said that they should have canceled the um the timed exclusive deal from the moment that they bought uh you know bethesda but i do think that next year unlike how like final fantasy 7 remake everybody had said that final fantasy 7 remake was going to go to um xbox it was a timed exclusive it'll be there the exact same year or exact same date a year later from whenever it went to ps4 yeah. um but it never did yeah. i don't think it's going to be one of those situations i think yeah. very much so that death loop will be on xbox game pass it will be on xbox as of 2022 i mean there's there's no way it could not be unless yeah. the deal says it's you know whatever some date we don't know yeah but i i do think it will be on there i just wonder whether or not it will be in the same quality the same experience that you might get with ps5 mm-hmm. and i only say that with the dual sense i think everything yeah. else will be the same but i think the dual sense controller will be the big difference there mm-hmm. and i'm i'm curious to see what xbox is going to do to answer for that but yeah for sure definitely going to be on xbox game pass next year yeah i totally agree and uh you know it's a, it's a weird thing to kind of throw up in the air we still don't know for sure there's no actual confirmation outside of just some words here and there that if any other bethesda games outside of ghostwire tokyo and and Deathloop will be coming to playstation and so it is it is definitely something we're gonna have to just sit back and wait and really kind of think like you know is xbox gonna play friendly or are they gonna say <laughs> everything's gonna be exclusive so they've already done that you know what i'm I, saying yeah i think it i think it will be all exclusive like we talked a bit before about the blurring of the lines and how we wanted um you know games to to share yeah but i i really think that they spent so much money to buy bethesda i how could you just give it to other companies how could you be business as usual with a lot of their games i think with maybe lesser titles not i mean no title i think is really less but i think i think with games that they aren't investing a lot of money into that maybe those games will be the you know uh cross generation not cross generation cross platform games that you know everybody wants them to be but i think for the most part i think bethesda is going to be like full-on xbox exclusive (sighs) yeah i totally agree man i think it it's uh, it's inevitable i mean you know when you really look at the 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 studio, when you look at the the relationship that Bethesda and Xbox have, and also when you look at the amount of money that they spent, that's the yeah. biggest thing that people are are you know even you know Sony fanboys are not putting into play. They spent billions of dollars on this acquisition, so they did. Just get over it. We yeah. gotta get used and to it. Look, and that's it's fine. You know, they spent their money, they bought their product, they own it, they can do whatever they want to do with it. Mm. You know, we are just honestly at the mercy of them. Would we like it to be where every game was available on every single console? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But that's not the reality of it. And I think to get mad and say that, oh well, you know, it's you know, it's not exclusive, it's not this, it's not that it's unnecessary yeah. just like if you want to play a game you know go play it on pc 
Yeah. If you don't, if you can't get the Xbox, play it on PC. If you want to play it on PlayStation Five, but you can't get a PlayStation Five, well, you know, most games are going from PlayStation Five to PC. Yeah. And that's okay too. Yeah. Play it on PC. My yeah. point is, get a PC. Yeah. Yeah, for real. I mean, <laughs> get and, Steam Deck. Yeah, get Steam Deck. <laughs> In all honesty, you know, um, by the time some of these really large titles come out, like Starfield and you know, Elder Scrolls and whatever else they have planned. You know, yeah. for some reason, no one's talking about the freaking Indiana Jones game. I don't know why. I seem like <laughs> the only person that's excited about that game. It's still so early. I don't I care. Mean, all we've seen I is just a tease of a fedora. I don't care. No one <laughs> is. I don't see anyone online saying, where's the news for the Indiana Jones game? I'm the only person. I'm like, Indy, where are you? You should start that every day. Every know, day, right? tweet out, where is Indiana Jones? I'm going to make a news. sub Twitter account. And it's going to say, still no news on Indiana Jones. Every day. Every, every day. day. Nope. Uh, Until <laughs> E3 2022. Yeah. Whenever they finals. finally release a teaser only. Yeah. And then you pin that to the top of your Twitter. <laughs> it's <laughs> and coming then soon. after that, still no update. <laughs> but anyways, guys, this is episode 328 of the Second Opinion Podcast. So, so glad to have my guest, Matt, a.k.a. Move the Joystick, um, on the podcast this week. Definitely make sure to check us out at Centileaks.com for some of the latest and greatest geek news, movie news, and gaming news. Great content and great content creators right over at Centileaks. We love you guys. Definitely make sure to check us out next week for another episode. You can find the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and, of course, Anchor FM. Make sure to subscribe to us on Anchor FM. And uh, you have the ability on Anchor to leave us some voicemails. So if you want to leave us a voicemail, Ooh. tell us what you want to talk to us about or what you want us to talk about. And uh, we'll hit you back up. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Peace out. Was that fun? Yeah. That was fun. This was another opinionated episode of the Second Opinion Podcast. Check out the podcast on Anchor FM, Spotify, iTunes, and Cinelinks.com. Also, check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Second Opinion Podcast, for tons of gaming content coming soon.